I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Friday, and I'm here with Anna Navarro, and we just finished up her birthday show. This is Behind the Table. All right, happy birthday, Anna Navarro. Thank you. Belated, belated birthday. It's always belated. You know, that happens to all Christmas babies. So my birthday is actually December 28th, which falls right in between Christmas and New Year's. Mm -hmm. So basically, you always get one gift, if that. Uh, Everybody forgets. Everybody's busy thinking. First, everybody's bankrupt because they've spent all their money on on Christmas gifts. Everybody's wondering and hungover or on vacation, wondering what they're doing on New Year's. So frankly, it's very, very nice of you to celebrate it when we come back. I have a, uh, I have a friend. The only thing worse than I think having your birthday right around Christmas is being married to someone who does. So I have a friend who has a, a wife who's got a birthday on January 2nd. And he just every year he's like, you know, I, I used up every idea I had for Christmas. I got nothing left. And he calls me in a panic uh, two days beforehand. Well, my, my yeah. husband is January 3rd. Okay, so you know that. So, so I'm yeah. December 28th, and he's January 3rd, which makes us both Capricorns, but makes us both kind of like a little bit uh, feeling like, okay, nobody's paying attention to us because everybody's skiing or on vacation or ha- dealing with their children who are not in school. It's a lot. I saw a great meme with the uh, the wise men coming up to uh, baby Jesus, and, and the caption said, just so we're clear, this is for both Christmas and your birthday. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I have a uh, I have a late August birthday, I'm, uh-huh. uh, August thirtieth, which means we're not back at work yet, always. And I get uh, compl- you know, no one notices my birthday. The staff is very good to me, but uh, you know, you guys don't even know when I get it. I will tell you though, the older I get, the more the happier I am for not to be noticed on yeah, my birthday. No, I get that. I get that. I'm sure uh, I'm coming up on a big one in a couple of years, and I won't want that one noticed. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about the, this birthday celebration because we had. Some of your favorite drag queens, I know you have many, but some of your favorite drag queens from the R House in Miami flew in for a special birthday celebration. Why was it cool and important that they were here today? Well, you know, we I think we all know the attacks uh, on the LGBTQ community, the attacks on the drag queen community in particular that we've seen in the last couple of years. Uh, folks have used drag queens, have used LGBTQ as a political pawn to get people riled up and outraged. And the R House in particular is very close to my heart. It's in Miami. It's in Wynwood. Um, and it's the drag place. It's the drag brunch that the DeSantis administration has tried to close down. They have been under attack and they've been targeted by the DeSantis administration for over a year. It cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars to defend themselves. They finally ended up settling. And, um, and I just think, you know, it's something that was very calculated by DeSantis to try to make himself more appealing to folks in places like Iowa, to the right wing as he was preparing to run for president. It hasn't worked. It hasn't worked because it's stupid. And people want to talk about foreign policy and they want to talk about the environment and they want to talk about immigration and they want to talk about the economy and they want to talk about issues that we all care about. And going after drag queens doesn't solve any of our issues. No. (laughs) <laughs> Definitely does not. Um, but it was great for them to be here today. And you were made the godmother of the R House. That's pretty good. They call me They call me Tia Anna, uh-huh. Auntie Anna. Um, I go there a lot. I take uh, I take folks when they're uh, in town. Uh, I take them there. I took Sarah. I remember that. Um, I, and was Whoopi there too at one point? 
No, we FaceTime. Oh, you FaceTime Whoopi. That's what it was. Uh, we took. I took uh, Billy Porter, who of course means so much oh, to uh, the community. He was there He's one royalty. weekend yeah. to do uh, to do a book event. Mm-hmm. Um, I went just a couple of weeks ago with Eva Longoria when she was there, and you know, and I just think it's important to show support. I had my uh, bridal shower there. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and it was, you know, it's just it's fun. I try to support that community because I I. I can't stand it when people are used for political purposes and attacked for political purposes. And it's and the LGBTQ community has been such a target for decades. Just leave them the hell alone. Honestly, they don't want to groom your children. Most of them don't even like children. They don't want <laughs> children to be in the drag shows. Children don't tip. Children don't drink. Children don't make good drag uh, show clients. Yeah. So just leave them alone. Let's all, you know, just go out and be happy. And they're very incredibly talented. Very talented. Also. Yeah, they had a great performance at the end of the show. And they brought some great food. So it was a good day. Um, and then the other part of the show today. Thank you. Thank you to you and to Jamie Hammer yeah. for making that happen. Now, Jamie Hammer and her team are a birthday uh, squad. And they do a tremendous job and uh, worked really hard on it. But it was great. Um, the other thing that happened on the show today, it was a bit of a, a, a sharp turn, but we had uh, Gypsy Rose Blanchard here. And that was really a compelling conversation and a little bit different than the kind we usually, the interviews we're usually doing here. What what did you take away from that? Do you feel sympathy? I mean, she's very compelling. I don't know what I feel. I feel, I feel like, you know, I feel like I, I, I'm riveted by the story. I yeah. feel shocked uh, that that could happen for so many years to someone in America and just go completely unnoticed, right? That it just that it was allowed to happen for what twenty four years. Mm-hmm. She said that to me is is shocking. Um, I you know I'm, I wasn't prepared to feel sympathy for her because I mean she you know she she was frankly complicit in the murder of her mother. She yes. planned it. So on one hand, you you kind of feel, my God, here I am having sympathy for somebody that that murdered their mom, but. Her mother was a monster. Right. Her mother was a psychopath. Her mother was sick. Her mother was torturing her, uh, held her captive, didn't feed her, chained her to a bed, lied about her. I mean, it is insane. You know, I had um, I had read about ma- ma- pr- pronounce it for me. I, know, I this is hard for my Latino tongue to pronounce. Uh, Munchausen by proxy. By proxy, I had read about it. I don't think I'd ever actually heard it from somebody who suffered it yeah. uh, that way. And it's um, it's it's very um, sad. And again, I think it's an indictment on our society in a way that uh, medical people, that, you know, teachers, that everybody was just fooled by this woman. I do think that it, it, it aided her act, the mother's act, the fact that she was she had uh, medical training. She had a nursing training. Yes. Yeah, so she, so she was able to make up all these stories and all these symptoms and all these and things. And have a little bit of, of real How did you feel about booking her? I was conflicted about it. I have to be honest with you. We talked about it before the, the, uh, before the week. I certainly would have avoided having her on the show for your birthday if I could have helped it because it was an odd combination. But uh, the bottom line is it's so compelling. I knew you guys would have the kind of conversations that people at home would want to have with with this story that you guys ask questions that are different than other people would ask. And for that reason, I made the decision to do it. There were conversations that I had with people. Is it appropriate to have someone on like this and give them a platform? Um, 
and it seems like it's a generational conversation in a lot of in a lot of ways because there are people here. I feel like the uh, older staff felt very conflicted about it in a way that the younger staff didn't. The younger staff completely sympathized. The younger staff was wants to know every aspect of these lives and wants to know all about it. And some of the older people said like, oh, no, no, she's involved in a murder. So it was – and when I say older, younger, I'm talking about like 35 being the cutoff. And younger than 35, they were all in. Older than 35, it was like, is this a good idea? Um, in retrospect, I'm very glad we did but, it. But, you know, if, if she had been, let's say, an abused spouse mm-hmm. – uh, being beaten up uh, by an abusive uh, husband or whatever, and he and killed the husband. Uh, would she have gone to jail? Would that have been? Uh, would that have been? Some, you know, somehow yeah. justified. So I, I mean, this woman was tortured, right. tortured for years, and I think there's so much evidence of that. She's, She's got the physical evidence. She had, you know, she was sitting next to me. She's missing most of her teeth. Yeah, because. Because her mother made her take out the salivary glands, it rotted her teeth. She has no teeth. I mean, she she was made to have a feeding tube. The the mother shaved her head, pretended she had cancer. The things this poor girl underwent are. I think that if we wrote it as a Hollywood script, nobody would believe it. For me, she's clearly a victim, but that doesn't mean she's a hero for what she did. I think she still did something wrong. I mean, the, the biggest thing, and I had to. It was. Uh, an uncomfortable laugh, but I had to laugh. Joy, who I think was completely sympathetic to her after hearing her, I don't think she started the, the interview that way, but after hearing her, we found her so compelling that she felt the need to reassure her, oh no, you didn't do something wrong. And then Gypsy had to turn to her and say, oh no, I did. And Joy said, oh, the murder, yes, of course. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's clarify that. Joy Behar does not advocate for murder. We need but, a legal note. Right. Yeah. We need, but um, you know what I was surprised by is, uh, how articulate she is mm-hmm. and how she's smart she's she clearly seems smart. to be she for what she's gone through she seems to have processed it i mean you know we just sat down with her for whatever she 10 was in minutes jail a week ago yeah she was a she actually was released the day of my birthday so i think it was actually very apropos there you go it worked december out. 28th but i um i mean i you know i've, I've got to think that her the emotional scars and the physical scars are going to be with her for uh, for the rest of her life. Yeah, I think that's certain. Um, it, you know what struck me? Mm-hmm. I, literally, I almost started. It really hit me when she said that the day of her mom's death anniversary, she plays her mom's favorite song. I do that, too. I do that, too, because um, it's still her mom. It's still her mom. She was a monster, but it was still her mom. We'll be back in a moment. Woodward and Bernstein, pen and paper, wine and cheese. What about the perfect pairing when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're delivering daily digests or serving sensational scoops, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout – 
up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com view, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash view. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This is according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' Group Text Podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers' group text podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit. Speaking of your birthday again. Again. You were on holiday for your uh -huh. birthday. We talked about it on the show. It was an incredible holiday. T tell us a little bit more about it. So you you went with Al to South Africa. And you, tell me more about some of the things you did. Why did you choose to go there? Because I love Africa. This is my second time uh, in Africa. And I have to say that the first time I went was for my honeymoon. And I thought the, the for me, the idea of going to Africa was completely kind of like out of reach and just overwhelming. And it seemed like something that was incredibly exotic and just too hard to do. It's very far. 
from Miami. There's no direct flight, so it's 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 an effort to uh, get there. But when I went to Africa in 2019, I fell in love. The I mean, there is nothing that compares to seeing zebras and giraffes and elephants in the wild. The the sunsets in Africa, I cannot even begin to describe the people of Africa, the history. I think it really, you know, helps you understand um, some of what's happened, what happens here in our history when, you know, you go to some of the places where Africans were plucked out of their homes and their villages and their tribes and brought to the colonies and brought to America and brought to Central America as slaves. Um, it is incredibly significant for me to go to South Africa, where in our lifetime, yeah. in our lifetime, it was in 1994 that apartheid was banned in South Africa. It used to be that blacks and whites could not be in the same places, could not frequent the same restaurants. Blacks had to have a card, carry a dumb card to allow them to go into certain neighborhoods. I mean, it was it was truly horrifying. And so to see South Africa now integrated the way that it is, and I'm not going to tell you that they don't have a host of problems. They've got corruption. They've got financial issues. They've got all sorts of issues. But it's it's a um, it's thriving. Uh, the the tourism industry is thriving. I was at the waterfront in Cape Town on the last day, and you know you can't help. I I said to Al, my God, do you realize? Because there's blacks and whites and people from all over the place in the restaurants. I said you realize that just a few decades ago this would not be happening. There would be no black people sitting at this restaurant. There would be no black people going uh, on this cruise, there would be. So, and I, I it, it it made me think of what's happening in this country of trying to whitewash history mm-hmm. and not uh, adequately address uh, history, not want to talk about slavery, not want to talk about the scars that that's left in our country. We must talk about it. We must teach it to our children. The people in South Africa cannot take for granted what happened there. You know, Nelson Mandela, the clerk, the... Desmond Tutu, the Archbishop, all those things. So I, um, it brings that home for me. And as I said on the show today, I was in South Africa when Nikki Haley got asked the question, what was the right. cause of the Civil War? And it just hits differently when you are in a—the cause of the Civil War was slavery. And it hit me differently because I was in the continent where slaves uh, were taken from. Right. Right. So it's, you know, it, it really is uh, infuriating to see Republicans, uh, Republicans who should know better, Republican you know, Nikki Haley should know better, Ron DeSantis should know better, tiptoe around the issue of slavery for fear of offending, I guess, part of the base. Now, uh, I followed a lot of your trip on social media and uh, you were prolifically posting and it was really terrific to read. There was a little bit of uh, a controversy about you posting on social media because uh, one or two people said, like, you know, you're having such a great time. Don't throw it in our face or something like that. And I thought your response to this was was interesting. Tell, tell me about this. Well, first of all, I mean, how uh, how petty and hateful can you be? I, got, I, I look at people posting about their vacations and their lives all the time. Some of the things I can afford to do, some of them I can, and it doesn't make me uh angry right. uh you know i just think oh you know how fun is that maybe i'll try to go there look first of all 
for me, travel is a huge part of my life. Sure. It expands my horizons. It teaches me uh, so much. And I think um, I think people sometimes think that travel is more inaccessible than it is. No, there's different possibilities and different ways right. to travel. I was So I was on this cruise. And uh, I met a woman there, uh, Brian, mm -hmm. who was retired, um, young, but retired. And she was on the cruise for something like, this is a 13, 15-day cruise or something. And she had paid like less than a thousand bucks. And I said, how'd you do that? She said to me, listen, I'm not a bougie traveler. Uh, <laughs> I wait for last minute deals and I don't care what room I'm in as long as I'm on the ship. I met uh, in my last cruise, I met an older gentleman, elderly gentleman, who, whose children wanted him to sell his house and move into a retirement community, move into an old folks home. And he said to me, listen, in an old folks home, I'll be living in a small room. The food will be crap. They'll treat me like an invalid old man patient. Here, okay, I'm in a small room, but the food is great. I get to meet <laughs> new people. They call me sir. I get to see the world. And it costs me less than it would to be in a retirement community. Sure. I, bet, I bet you being on a cruise costs less than going to Disney World. You had me at being called sir. Right. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pay a lot for that. All right. Well, I, it's your birthday. So, of course, I have to bring up the Golden Bachelor. Uh, oh, the wedding was last night. It's your favorite topic. And one thing that shocked people was that a former Bachelorette contestant proposed to his girlfriend at the wedding. Now, how do you feel about this? Is it bad wedding etiquette? Because we talked about it in the Hot Topics meeting. We didn't get to it on the show. But you had a different opinion than most of the room. I thought it was my birthday gift not to have to talk about the Golden Bachelor. Well, you really didn't have to do it on the show. This. So there we go. I don't. But, uh, I mean, At your wedding, if someone had proposed to someone else, would you have been happy with for them? Would you have been annoyed? How would you have felt? I think, listen, I um, I think it was Nikki mm -hmm. uh, who, who works. Does social media who here does for social us. media and who just got engaged. Mm -hmm. Not at anybody's wedding. She got engaged yeah. properly. It was her engagement. Yeah, we talked about it on the show. Yeah. Okay. So I asked Nikki how she would feel about it if it happened uh, at her wedding. She said she thought it would be, it was weird. But she also told me that these people whose names I don't know, and I don't know who the hell they are, mm -hmm. who got engaged at this other wedding of these people whose names I don't know either, mm -hmm. the Golden Bachelor, whomever he married, that the people who got engaged called the people who were getting married and said, is it okay if we do this at your wedding? And that they said, yes, look. This is televised. It's obviously part of the show. It uh, makes people, gives people something to talk about. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if it would have happened had it not been uh, televised. But if you uh, had the courtesy, the good manners to call, to the, call, ahead. To call the, the people getting married and said, is this okay? And they said, yes, then go ahead and do it. All right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean don't people throw bouquets and... And garter belts sure, and Sure, but that means like you're next up. It doesn't mean like, you know, I'm taking the center of attention away so from So actually, you. when I was on the ship on uh, December 31st, so it's New Year's and it's that celebration, this um, elderly gentleman who must have been in his mid-late 80s got on one knee right at midnight and proposed to his girlfriend, who Kinda was sweet. also an elderly uh, lady. So it was very sweet. So I think, I think if you can piggyback one celebration and another celebration— Take advantage of the fireworks and the music and the 
photographer yeah. and the flowers. Oh yes, you know that makes sense. All right, I like it. I like I'm, a, it. I'm 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 all into uh, repurposing celebrations. Yeah, like your birthday and Christmas. Right. It all goes together. Get it all. Knock it all out in one day. Right. Like drag queens and murders. Exactly. All, let's, all, let's do it all in one day. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, now, and do you make New Year's resolutions? Never, ever, ever. Yeah. I mean, it takes more time to make them than it does to break them. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly not making any this year. It's an election year. Uh, I have uh, no time to be making resolutions. Doesn't mean that I don't think I have things that I could change and should change and want to change. It means I'm realistic and I know that uh, that I'm not going to. I did try. I did think I read a, I read an article uh before New Year's about uh, how some people were trying, you know, thought that maybe dry January was too much to ask for. Mm -hmm. So they were trying for damp January. So I thought, (laughs) you know, I might give this a shot. Damp January. Damp January. But then, like, I forgot. And so, and I was on the cruise. Oh, okay. And uh, where drinks are included and the margaritas are really good. Yeah, it's not a good place for damp January. No. So I'm kind of wondering how many levels of humidity and moisture there are before I get to a completely drunk January. So there's... Sure. Humid, humid January. Have you ever tried dry January? You know, I'm not the biggest social drinker in the world. I drink, I go out with my wife probably... What do you do? Drink alone? You're no, not a social drinker? I You're mean, an I'm anti-social drinker? No, I, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. I am a social drinker. I'm not a come home and have a glass of wine at the end of the day kind of drinker. So if I go to a dinner with my wife on a, or I go out with some friends, I'll have a, I'll have a drink or two. But it's if I don't do it for a while, I don't notice it so much. So it's not that big a deal for me. I actually never drink alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels a little like that to me is like the, the demarcation line. Yes, that's right. A, you've crossed something. <laughs> you've crossed a, a line that's very dangerous. So I never drink alone. I always drink when I'm out and when I'm, when I'm with friends. The problem is I'm out. A lot. <laughs> yeah, you're out more than anybody I know. That's the difference. Yeah. I will say the only time I'll drink alone is if I'm watching football on Sunday, I'll have a beer. And, oh, uh, my God. And, well, you know, I don't watch football, yeah. thank God, because if I was rooting for the Dolphins, I probably would. They're still alive. I'll be drinking. Well, you know, actually, <laughs> they played on New Year's. Yes. And Al is a huge Dolphins fan. He's like a long-suffering mm-hmm. Dolphins fan. And he was, that was not a good following one. the uh, the game. He was so excited about it because I don't know. He kept talking about it. So it was a rough start of mm-hmm. the new year for him with Everybody the Everybody got hurt. Yeah. I have no idea what happened, but he was in a he was in a mm-hmm. state. All right. Well, given that you've given me the window, I'd like to announce that I won my celebrity fantasy football league. No. I beat John Legend. I beat you Darius Rucker. I beat 18 people. I am the champion of uh, Matthew Berry's uh, guillotine league. And uh, how about that? Yeah. Are you doing a Golden Globes uh, thing? I'd like to. Well, I, I put out on a text chat that I'd like to do a victory tour. And maybe they could walk me out at John Legend's concert and... David Spade stand-up gigs, and I can just kind of wave to the audience, but nobody's taking you me know, up on John it You know, John Legend yeah. has the same birthday I do, oh, December 28th, as does that. Gail King. So uh, so it's a lot of suffering Christmas babies. Exactly. All right. Well, I, I defeated them all. All right. Well, well, thank you for today again. Yes, thank you, of course. Happy birthday, Anna. On Monday, Sonny will be joining me, and uh, you'll be back on the show, and it'll be a lot of fun. Thank you all for listening, and have a great weekend.
Behind the Table is executive produced by Brian Tedda. Supervising producers are Nathan Getty and Summer Shake, with production assistant Emily Darcy. The vice president of ABC Audio is Liz Alessi, and the executive producer of podcast programming is Laura Mayer. Special thanks to Lori Hogan, Susie Liu, Meg Fierro, Enza Dolce Nini, Josh Cohan, Ariel Chester, Frankie Perez, Audrey Mostek, and Dana Schaefer. Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' Group Text Podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers' group text podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit.